so many people say, but I want to be comfortable. Well, you know, there are times when maybe just a little bit of feeling stiff and starchy is appropriate. Reality TV host Tim Gunn, today on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Well, the old saying goes, the clothes make the man. I guess you could also say the clothes make the woman, but is that still true today? Well, these are challenging times, as fashion designers know. Well, in 2007, Tim Gunn, a Bravo television style guru and real and mentor to contestants on Project Runway, teamed up with Kate Maloney, the assistant chair of fashion design at Parsons, the new school. They wrote a book together called A Guide to Quality, Taste, and Style. And that's when I met both of them, spring of 2007, at a bookstore in Washington, D.C. called Politics and Prose. And I'm telling you that now for a reason. You'll hear it why in just a couple of minutes in this interview. From 2007, Tim Gunn and Kate Maloney. In our own way, I think Kate and I feel that any reader would benefit from the book, that there's something in there for everyone. Uh, it's it, While it purports to be, in a way, a kind of makeover book, it's really about assessing who you are and how you want the world to perceive you and getting ready for that. It's about navigating the world. Yeah, we don't really have prescriptions as far as, you know, other than knowing, um, like in our chapter, the fit conundrum. It's really about knowing yourself and being able to to work with what you have. It occurred to me people might have to buy another book first to figure out who they are. <laughs> they <get> <laughs> we can't do anything about that. I, yeah, yeah. The, the years of analysis we don't offer. And, and we do begin the book with a, a, a chapter about helping you understand who you are. Um, and by having you ask yourself certain questions, we really want people to hone their own self-critical analytical skills and look at themselves as objectively as they can. It has always been said, I always thought it was a cliche, the clothes make the man. Is that more than just a cliche? I think it's a very apt saying because, in fact, when you think, consider the semiology of dress, what we wear does send a message about how we want to be perceived. I'm not really anxious to have you figure out what I'm trying to send right now. It's just You're looking like Saturday, casual. You're still very appropriately dressed, and it's a good thing to see. Nothing inappropriate about you at all, Bill. Bless your heart. Do you think most men don't have as good a sense of this as most women do? I think men do not dress for occasions and will rely on the same old thing, which I think robs them of the ability to really transition even, you know, mentally into their new, what they're doing. It's not work. It's not the golf course. It's, you know, and if it's always khakis and a polo shirt, which is very nice, you may feel, uh, you know, you should just, I would spice it up a little. That's what I would offer for most men. And, I, and I'll add, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm a man. Um, the, the silhouette options that we have and, and the, even the pieces options of, of, of clothing are, are, are more limited. I mean, well, are, are smaller in range than for women. More limited sounds negative. I'm pleased about that. <laughs> and, and as Kate's saying, it does give us an opportunity to step out of our own metaphorical box occasionally. And it can be fun, but there are limits, too. Do most men experience what I've experienced at times? I'm at the store with my wife, and I'll see you at something. I'll say, that really looks nice. I like that color. She's like, you're in the women's section. I mean, is, is this, is this, are there, are there certain colors men just can't wear? What do you think, Kate? I, I, no, not at all. I mean, I love a man. A classic pink shirt is, is great. I can't imagine. Do you think that there's something men, a color men should wear? 
Well, I, I mean, I was about to say, yes, a white linen suit. And I thought of, of a colleague who's in the Dominican Republic, and he looks absolutely appropriate in it and great. Context. Yeah, context. context. Exactly. That is, yeah, that's a key part of this book, isn't it? Yes. Is, is understanding where you are, when you are, and what you should be wearing. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a, it is a key message because, as Kate's saying, it really is all about context. And we are frequently asked to make a critical analysis of just a garment and and we have to ask where is it going who's wearing it um what season is it in order to really be able to give a, a, um, a responsible critique sometimes i watch those old movies and i see people getting on a plane like in the movies in the 50s and the 60s even the men are wearing business suits yes. even if they're on vacation the women have pearls and white gloves on nowadays as you were saying in the beginning of the book it's sweats and and flip-flops mm-hmm. Yeah, I really am a big believer in dressing for the occasion. And I mean dressing in the sense of not settling for God, the sweats, and don't get us started on people bringing pillows on planes. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, and no, it's, it, it's very, very true. Um, I mean, so many people say, but I want to be comfortable. Well, you know, if you're getting out and navigating the world, well, I appreciate that there are times when maybe just a little bit of feeling stiff and starchy is appropriate. Mm-hmm. That's what raises a good question. When does your being comfortable and and the person sitting next to you's you know, experience seeing you Thank begin? You. Yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you, Bill. No, it's a, that's a really really good point because because as as we keep underscoring, it's the semiotics of dressing and and the message that you're sending. And I, one of our refrains is: if you want to feel, if you want to dress to feel as though you never got out of bed, don't. Get out of bed. That is. Mm-hmm. I could sympathize. I mean, I mean, really. I, I mean, I'd like nothing more than. Well, no. I was supposed to say to stay in bed and throw the covers over myself. Actually, I don't want to do that. But show up and shine is what we say. Does anything today about this huge crowd of politics and prose surprise you? This is the largest crowd I've ever seen here. I I've only seen a fraction of I I think the crowd, and I am just this is this response here on day two has been just astounding. Really, really wonderful. And everyone that I've met, this is my only my second time in, in Washington, has been lovely and gracious. It's been been great. And I just have to add, I'm thrilled and exhilarated by, by the crowd. I just don't want to disappoint them. I mean, we, we feel such a keen responsibility to people. And it's like, we hope that they're that they're happy with the experience of being here with us today. Well, Tim, I think people look to you as kind of an arbiter. I mean, they see you on TV and they think, all right, if Tim likes it, it must be good. Well, that's a lovely thing to, to, to hear, Bill. Thank you very much. Thank you. When, when it comes down to, I mean, I'm, the, the dynamics of co-authors working on a book, I mean, do you agree not just on the nouns and verbs, but do you agree on style questions? Do you agree philosophically? We're, we're joined at the hip, Kate and I. And, and I have to say, I could never have even attempted this without her. And, and aside from all of the accolades that I could give, just consider that Kate's another gender. And she's a generation younger than I am. So what she brings to the table is is infinitely more than I could have. And this, I, I say this is a case of one plus one equals ten. Yes, and Tim is so wonderful to work with. And really, we've from the the day we met, we've just spent inordinate amounts of time together and had a fabulous time. And so this was, although this was challenging. It was really, really a lot of fun. Ultimately, now that it's over, it was a, I can say it was a tremendous amount of fun. It almost put one or both of us into a mental hospital. Yes. Um, but now that it's over, it's it's really it's great. And we're talking about a second book. Yep. So I guess in the end, you were able to, if I may, make it work. <laughs> yes, we were able to make it work. <laughs> Tim Gunn and Kate Maloney on Now I've Heard Everything. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, Bill Samuels Jr. Bill Samuels Jr. took over 
the Maker's Mark Bourbon Whiskey Company from his father, Bill Samuels, and turned it into one of the world's greatest makers of bourbon whiskey. I interviewed Bill Samuels in 2001, and you'll hear that interview next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Thompson.